Greeting you with the holy words, peace. Everybody blessed? I'm on a mission. So if I sound like uh, every Sunday I'm saying the same thing, because I'm on a mission. One of the things that being born again, we are new creations in Christ. Isn't that right? We, what that means is we come from the first Adam to the second Adam. And remember the first Adam got caught up into the desires of his flesh. We all know that story, it's a pretty simple story. But the second Adam showed us how to be uh, God-like, that's Jesus Christ. And so what we do, when we get saved and we become new creatures in Christ, then there's some things that ought to change. And uh, uh, we're looking at, if anybody's watched the news in the last week, there are things that are happening that we never thought I mean, the, the attack on children is amazing that's going on here in Kansas City. It's, it's just, you can't even think that people would do the things they do to children. Yeah. You know, from the young lady that cut her son's head off. I mean, that's an unbelievable. And the two young boys that's 14 years old shot and killed. And then the two-month-old baby burned out. Satan is alive and well. That's right. And so things have got to change. Things don't change until people change. And people can't change until they're born again. That's right. Does that make sense to you? That's right. When you are born, when we call ourselves Christians getting saved, we are born again. What that means is we are submitting our life to Christ. Once we submit our life to Christ, that's the easy part. Now there is a life that you, we have to live. It means a Christ-like life. And uh, Proverbs, and I used that last week, the first thing that when, when you get born again and you become a new creation, the first thing, you're saved and you got all that done, now you have to have something to help you to make the right decisions. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, Satan's going to always be here. Your flesh is always going to be there. Right. So you have to have something higher than your flesh, and then demonic forces. Does that make sense? Because there's a lot of Christians, people, uh, they get saved, but then they make the same mistakes. You see? Saying mistakes. Now here's the, because every mistake that you make is not a sin. That's right. You see? But it can cause you a whole lot of problems. You see? Uh, uh, the guys and I were talking a minute ago uh, about houses and and uh, Brother Logan and uh, I, and uh, we, were t we were sitting there, we were talking, and, and uh, Gerald were talking about houses and, and what happens now and what you can, what cost you to do and all of these things. And we're thanking God we got ours before that thing shot up. But there's going to be a lot of people that, that are Christian people. It's not a sin to go buy one. But when that thing crashes, you still have that alone. Right. about what you bought that at. That can seek in to the home and cause a problem with the family. Because right. most people don't know the number one thing for divorce in the United States of America 
is finance. Because finance brings in stress and it, and it divides a home. And so the, the, the Bible is to teach us after we get saved, or even before you get saved, there's some real great wisdom in the Bible. Right. Proverbs tells us, four and seven, one of my favorite, done it last week, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy gettings, get an understanding. You remember I talked about that. Well, you can't have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit unless you're born again. So if you're a Christian and you have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, then you'll get an understanding in how to deal with all the things that deal with your life personally. Does that make sense? See, wisdom will give you an understanding of how to run your household. Yes. Wisdom will give you an understanding of husbands and wives. It'll give you that. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom will help you get an understanding what to buy, what not to buy. Actually, wisdom will tell you what to eat and what not to eat. That's right. Right? That's right. right? So it's, it's a very powerful thing. That's why the proverb, that's Old Testament telling us this. That's a, that's a, but the problem of it is, in the Old Testament, they didn't have what we have. You see, what we have today is the Holy Spirit. Because once we are born again, then we have the Holy Spirit. But here's the, what the Holy Spirit tells us. Uh, Paul was very, he's on this very hard. He was just, he pushed this in most of his Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. There's no place in the Bible that says, let this mind be in you, which was in Adam. So let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Well, that's what we want. So if we had the mind of Christ Jesus, what that means is we're inspired by the Holy Spirit. We submit our lives to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit directs us in everything that we do. That's right. Now listen, Christians, if things are not going well in your life, then you need to take a look at why. You need to look at, look at why. And if you really take a deep look at why, you're not allowing the, Holy, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to come in and give you an understanding of what's going on around you. Come on. Does that make sense? Teach. It ain't something told me. Teach. You know, yeah, so a lot of people say something. Yeah, because I had some something telling me all my life. Right. You know what I'm talking about? So you say, I don't want to deal with that something told me, you know. Because, you know, that, that something told me would never tell me that you need not do this. That something told me, told me this it will be fulfilling to do this. Right? Does that make sense? You see, something, something told me will say, well, it's okay to do this. You'll be all right. The Holy Spirit will say, no. So what we want to do is the mind of Christ. We've got to get it back even in the, I'm talking about even in the church, because the church has got as many personal issues going on in families and in individuals as what's going on outside. And the reason it is, we got to understand and we, we got to uh, submit to the Holy Spirit. I mean, once we get saved, I mean, that's the easy part. The, the next step is, I have a life to live. You see, and you've all hear me talk all the time, let this, you know, let this mind be, if you was married to someone and that person got sick, 
you know, if you're in the flesh, you wish they'd hurry up and do whatever they got to do. Because you don't want to spend the rest, of, you don't want to spend the rest of your life taking care of somebody. Oh, people think like that, come on. All right? But if you have the mind of Christ, then you, you don't mind being a servant as whether you're a husband or a wife to the one that you made that committed to. You see, you see, if you have the mind of Christ, no, you are going to be there unto death, do us part. Not until, unto death, do us part, right? It takes the mind of Christ. So I'm trying to give you life principles because, you know, if we don't start doing things better, we're getting, we're losing some, we're losing people. Mm. We are losing the battle. And so we need to gain it back. So we're gonna talk about how we need to treat each other. And I'm, I'm big on that, how we need to treat each other. I was talking to Brother DJ and, uh, and I was glad to hear him give me a call. He had coached one of the athletes years ago and that athlete came back and done him a favor this week because they don't forget. You see, we should be, there's no way that you can be a Christian and not be a servant. That's right. It's impossible because Christ, once you have the mind of Christ, then you have that servant spirit. That's right. You're willing to serve. Every one of you in here, and you all listening, every one of you in here has something somebody else doesn't have. That's right. You see? Serve. See, God gives a lot of people, and there's, hey, there's a lot of billionaires doing great. They give millions and millions of dollars to projects. Yeah, God's got people doing that. Right. Yeah, so God's got people that he gives uh, millions and makes them millionaires and billionaires because they have a Christ-like heart and they donate to organizations to help people who need the help. Right. Does that make sense? That's right. You see? So they have a servant's heart. So if somebody in here, you may not have a, million, a billion dollars. I don't think anybody's a billionaire in here. Anybody a millionaire in here? No. Yeah, you are. Somebody's got a billion dollars, a billion worth of wisdom. Somebody's got a billion of a million of knowledge. Somebody needs your wisdom to help guide them in their life. Somebody needs your knowledge to help give in your life. God didn't give you all that wisdom to take it just to keep it for yourself. You see, Christ had wisdom, right? But he had that wisdom to be able to minister to other people. The thing that just drives me. Uh, uh, drives me in the church, especially when people talk about ministry. Uh, I'm a minister, and they want to set up. That's why we don't have no chairs up here. They want to set up here. No, everybody in the church that's saved is a minister. That's right. That means you're supposed to minister to people. That's right. You know, God called when, when soon, well, I'm telling you, once you got saved and born again, and you go to church and, and you read and, and study the Bible, you got gifts automatically. That's a fact. You got these gifts, God gave you these gifts, first of all, to glorify him, right? To use in the church and then to work outside the church. If there wasn't any people that didn't have the mind of Christ, they call them evangelists, who's gonna reach the people outside of the church? You see, that's why you have evangelists. You see, uh, James uh, says that if they're sick, if anybody's sick among you, let them call for what? The elders of the church. And so that, that means God has given you a gift uh, uh, to pray. Because some folks, they are confident in their prayers. 
right? And, and then there's, I'm just rambling here, then some people have the gift of faith. We all have a little faith, but I'm talking about some, the anointed part. You see, faith is a weapon that you use against fear. Faith is a weapon that you use against fear. People who have strong faith use the weapon against fear because once you have faith, there's nothing to fear That's right. because the spirit of wisdom tell you God's got your back. That's right. That's right. Are you with me? Amen. God's got your back. And so we, we want to we wanna get, get ourselves together. Parents in here, parents need to know, quit going by your own understanding. Pray how, what I should do. Call your child's name out unto the Lord. Ask the Lord to reveal to you who your child is and the potential he's put in that child. And, right. uh, and get an understanding of who that child is and how to deal with that child. You see, if you have two or more children, then you got two or more per different personalities. Right. One you may have to get in your face. Then they might, one you might have to tap that behind. You know how that goes. You see? No, that's just a fact. You see, but the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what you need to do and how to do it. Amen. God bless you. You see what I'm saying? So we, we, let's not walk or take the blind. What wisdom does, it takes the blindfolds off. That's right. So that we can see. And then what we see, uh, the mind of Christ reveals to us what we're really looking at. Because sometimes we look at beauty with the natural eye, that's a, remember, beauty is only what? Skin deep. Skin deep. So we got to be able to see further than that. That's right. Are you with me this morning? That's right. You see, I've always told people, I use the Bible as the commentary of life. See, you see, I remember when I was in the church and they were doing all of that, and I'm like, y'all quit all that. I need somebody to help me and give me some directions how to live this life. Because, see, see, because even though I was saved, I'm on the edge. Right. Yeah, I was on the edge there, so I needed more. You know what That's I'm right. saying? And so what we're going to do is we want that more. We need to learn how to treat each other. Amen. I'm going to say it again. We need to start learning how to treat each other. Amen. Yeah, the church was not supposed to be an organization to hate anybody. That's right. No. The church is an organization to be able, I mean, the body of the church is to love all people. Right. Now, sure, there are some people that the Bible gives us the right to chastise according to the Word of God, with the Word of God, but not to our own understanding, but to chastise through the Word and, and how to express the Word to these people. Because some folks don't want to hear some folks because of the attitude that they come across with telling them what God does saith the Lord. You see, now for me, this is me, say pastor. Now see, I can, I'm one that kind of likes the teachers, like Charles, remember, you know, Charles Stanley's my guy, uh, kind of like Charles Stanley and, and Winston, you know, he, that's why my brother like him, kind of teachers and some of those. Now for somebody else may need a T.D. Jakes because they need inspiration and, and motivation, you see, but I'm kind of one that, uh, you know, don't, don't holler at me. <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm, I'm, no, that's just me. I'm saying, I need one, but it works for those guys that had it. All of those churches are full. And so, because, see, you have to know your pulpit. You all know in here, 
if somebody came in here, would, you know, would pull the ear and, and do this every Sunday, y'all would get tired of it real quick. You don't think you would, but yes, you would, because you'd see me saying, uh, you'd be like that when Moses went up the mount and, and he, ca he came back, you see, and they said, uh, where's Moses, where's Moses when that lightning and thunder got to going? If, if you, how many of you believe that God is real? Amen. How many of you believe that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you? Amen. So if he brought you here, you can't be dipping over there. That's right. Amen. You see? You understand? Now I'm going to use this so that we can get a better understanding. The mind of Christ. Everybody in here shouldn't be laying their hands on folks. That's right. You see? <laughs> you fool around and catch something. That's right. That you don't, that's, I'm telling you. Everybody in here ain't got no business laying on their hands on folks. You see? That's why we have our prayer wars. It's got a gift and anointing. You so, and guess who knows who should be? Satan. That's right. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Call somebody else out there and let them call it them demons. Them demons. Yeah, that's what we want. Because that's not the gift they have. You see? So here we go. But one gift that we should have as Christians, look in my mouth, love. Amen. All of us ought to love each other. That's right. We ought to have love. It ought to, to a strong Christian, it amazes me how people wind up talking about, I hate somebody, and be setting up in church. Mm -hmm. Or acting a fool with somebody, and setting up in church, right? And then want to tell somebody else about Christ. No, if we have the mind of Christ, we should have no division among us. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Turn to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 from the Amplified. The Bible says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice. Wow. This, this, is, this, is, this is deep here. He's asking us, What? He's asking us to sacrifice our bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You don't have just a body. It's a temple. Yeah. It is a temple yeah. for what the Holy Spirit wants to dwell in. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, I'm, 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 I don't know about you, but there's some people's house I wouldn't want to go in. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Yeah, because that's too much filth in there for me. All right? Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to come into a filthy temple. That's right. So we have to make a sacrifice and cleanse our temple. Yes. That's right. So that the Holy Spirit has a dwelling place. Your body is the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. All right. Then we need to clean that up. That's right. All right. Am I doing all right? It goes on to say, holy and well-pleasing to God. So I'm trying to please God. If I want to please God, then I need to clean up some stuff. You want me to say it again? Amen. If I want to please God, I need to clean up some stuff. That's right. Because we over here are trying to be better. You see? All right? He says, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. That's the way of worship. See, worship is more than just praise and worship. Yes, see, people get praise. Isaac done a class. He done an excellent job on it, talking about worship. Praise and worship 
is when you got that music, or if you don't have music, you're lifted. The other way of worshiping God is living God's word. Come over here. The other way of uh, pleasing God and worshiping God is living his word. That's what it is. And see, whether you like that or not, that's, no, that's worship. That's how you worship him. You worship him be, by the way you live. has to be because it just got through reading up there that he wants to, see, God is looking for a place to dwell. That's right. The Holy Spirit is looking for a temple to be in. You see? And I want to worship him. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to worship him by living his life. And when you live the life, my, my life, I live the life of Christ within me, he's pleased with that, and you feel good, and then you'll be able to worship him on the outside, and it won't be an emotional thing, it'll be a real thing. That's right, that's right. Right, make, make sense? All right. And then we're told church in verse two, do not be conformed to this world any longer. And you've heard me just get on this thing. We, we ought to be tired of that. The world is failing. It is. You know, uh, you know this thing with Russia, it's going on over there with these other people and Americans and, and all the politicians are all upset with that, okay? And we're going to, we would need to go over there and stop them because they said they could kill almost 50,000 people if they had a war, right? Mm -hmm. 50,000 people will be killed this year in homicides in America. Right. You see? You understand? We got to get, get, get it straight here. Mm -hmm. In other words, Let's do it this way. You remember dress styles? Oh yeah. When, when people, somebody comes up with something, we start trying to be them. We start acting like them. Because the world, now what they've done in churches, bless y'all, don't be putting stuff on, because I don't look on there, so if you're upset, I ain't gonna hear it anyway. I don't have an internet to do that. Isn't it something that when the, the way that the church people have changed the way that they come to church. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I went to a place uh, and uh, it was a program my granddaughters were in and it was in, a, and that blew my mind as a Baptist church. And I went in there and folks had baseball caps on and the kids were running up in the, they didn't have pews, they had chairs in the chairs. And I'm like, whoa. God can't be pleased with that, you see? Because guess what? They're saying is the, the church has gotten lax so that the worldly people will feel comfortable coming in here. The, the last place you ought to be comfortable is in church. You can be saved for years and there'll be something in this book that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You can't read this book and not be uncomfortable about something. You see what I'm saying? Paul was, I mean, he was incredible at what he'd done, but when he was dying, if you read it in 2 Timothy, when he was dying, the thing he told him, said, he didn't say books, he used another word, but it was really books for us in this day. Bring my books and John Mark, he wanted to apologize to John Mark or they had an issue, because he wanted to keep on studying God's word. Are y'all with me? Can we get that done here in Christ up in North? That's what we want, all right? Again, he says, do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed 
As you mature spiritually. As we mature spiritually, some of that worldly needs to be shaken off. Huh? As we grow, we come from being saved, carnal Christians, babes in Christ, and mature Christians. And you know, the babe Christians, Paul said one time, I would give you meat, but you can't, I gotta keep giving you milk. Because these Christians had matured to the point that they could eat meat. They were Christians, they were saved, but they were still in the meat stage. Ask yourself, what stage are you at in your life? Are you at the place in your life that you have became a mature Christian? If you're a mature Christian, then something ought to change in your life. That's right. Amen. You see? Here we are. The pastor, here's the key. He says, by the renewing of your mind. But, yes. And, and, and this, this transformation that you have, things in yesterday's gone, you're being matured now by the renewing of your mind. When you, when you have your mind renewed, your life changes. That's right. Your action changes. The way you act, respond, and react, it changes. Your attitude changes, you see? And your altitude changes from here to here. That's right. And that's what this is all about. So you can never get to the point where you ought to be uh, uh, comfortable spiritually, ever. That's right. All right? Again, he says, by the renewing of your mind or focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. See, now, now, that's hard stuff. Now, I'm thinking about a different thing now. I'm thinking about pleasing God now. That's what my life's about. That's right. That's what our lives ought to be about. Pleasing God. You sitting there, I see this young couple over here, you shouldn't have sat on, they always sit on the front, Logan and his beautiful wife, Kim. His life now is dedicated to God. He pleases God, guess how he pleases God? Taking care of her. That's right. That's the book. Heard it vice versa, right? So there's no, there's none of this. It's this. That's it. And that's the book, you see? So there, we need to cut down on some of this stuff. Well, I, no, ain't no I. You don't make the rules once you get mature in the Word of God. The rules are already made for you. That's right. That's right. You see what I'm saying? That's right. All right. He says, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is. You may what? Prove for yourselves what the will of God is. Whose will are you living in? Other people? Come on. Your flesh? Demonic forces? Or you're living in God's will? There's been a many a person that got up here. I ain't talking Christ, I'm talking anywhere, okay? That got up here wasn't pleasing to God because they didn't take care of what they should have took care of in their house. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, first of all, look, starts with God. You please God by taking care of the business that God has ordained you to take care of. That's right. You see? If some of you in here don't get upset, you see, you're going to go to heaven, all right? But you ain't where God would have you to be. I'm talking about in your personal life. He's got better things for you. He's got better things for you to do 
than to be worried about what folks thinks and what the world thinks and I need this, get this, gain this. You see? All right. Again, Pastor, by the renewing of your mind, the message says it this way. God brings out the best out of you. God, when you get your mind renewed, he brings out what? The best. In you. The best in you. Isn't it exciting that God has still, some of you are living a great life, but he's even wants you to live better. That's right. He wants to bring out the very best in you. That's right. You see, you need to think about that. That's an individual thing. Am I the best God man I can be? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to bring out the best in me? If I allow the Holy Spirit to bring the best in me, then I'm gonna please God, please my wife, Please, yes, please my, my, my children, grandchildren, please this congregation, please people who just know me. You see, now listen to me. When he brings the best out in me, it gives me the power to, to uh, uh, intercede for somebody else that's here. The most tragic thing that there's people who didn't get to where they should get because the person that should have been there didn't allow God to bring the best out of them. So when that person got at the crossroad where you should have been, you could have helped that person. You see, but when you had the best of the best in you, it's just like we all we sports people over here. We like sports. If I had, a, if I was a young man and a superstar and I'm in, in high school and I, get, I can go to any college that I want to go to, I'm going to Alabama. I'm going to Alabama. Because one thing about it is, it's hard to make that team. But there's a coach there that will bring the best out of me. And I want to go someplace where I am challenged to get the best out of me. That's what a church ought to do. That's what a pastor ought to do. He ought to challenge the people in the church to allow God to bring the best out of them. That's right. You see? And once you do that, you will smile. You will have smile. You can't even wipe it off. Because you feel, thank you, you feel good about how you feel good about being feeling good. That's right. That's right. You see? It's a question. Have you allowed God to bring the best out of you? Have you allowed God to bring the best out of you? In the midst of a crisis, have you allowed God to bring the best out of you? We have some people that's uh, going through some things, don't even try to think and get there. It's not what I'm talking about. Right now in this church, there's been a lot of sickness in this church, people going through some stuff, operations and all this stuff, the best out of them. And guess what I can tell them? Don't listen to, get off the internet. Get off the internet. Do what your doctor says but don't listen to how long he says you're gonna be here. Yes, and then I say, you've been around me for a year. That's right. You looking, you don't have to, you're looking at a miracle. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see? So he put me, I used to not, Brother Ronald, I used to not think, why me? And then of course, why not you? Just because you think you're walking around here up on Sunday with your little bow tie and cowboy boots, why not you? You're supposed to be the, huh? That's right. Said, allow me 
use you as a vehicle to bring in the midst of crisis, in the midst of cancer, three times, two times, whatever times, to bring the best out of you and let the people see it. So even in sickness, let him bring out the best in you. That's right, that's right. You see? You see? The tragedies, losses, let him bring out the best in you because somebody needs to know how to handle it. And they are not deep in their spirit enough to know, but they, if they can see it with their eyes, it will penetrate to their ears and get into their hearts and their spirit. And they say, if it can work for Pastor Fields, it can work for me. And I know that there's something in this situation that God is going to bring the best out of me. That's right. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's all of us. That's how it works. All right. He goes on to say, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. What God has for you is a perfect plan for you. He has a plan. Let me tell y'all, he's got a plan for you. You ain't here just to be here. There's a, there's a, and his plan is what? Perfect. But if you're in his will, he's got a perfect plan for you. Everything for a child of God who is listening to God, who is born again, all right, born again, God's got a plan for their life. And sometimes it's a rugged road, but God will give you what it takes. He'll give you a four by four. And you can travel that rugged road. Because that's his purpose. You see? Sometimes those that really want to hear what I got to say, your purpose is to help other people get to where you will never make it. That's right. That's right. Learn it. Learn it. Learn it. All right? Okay. And we're going to turn to Philippians chapter 2. Let's go to the Amplified. Okay. Verse 1, it says, Therefore, if there's any encouragement and comfort in Christ... As there certainly is an abundance. There's abundance where? In Christ. In Christ. There is abundance in Christ, spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Abundance. More than you need. That's right. When God gives you more than you need, that means he's giving you something to give others. You see? All right. If there is any consolation of love. Ah. If there's any fellowship that we share in the Spirit. If there's any fellowship that we share in the Spirit. That's the big one. It's the big Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We all saved in here, right? Then we're under the one authority. We're under the authority of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is directing us in the direction we need to go. So we together. We in this together. That's right. See, if we in this together, when somebody's down, there's enough people up to pull that person up. Because we in this together. You see, you can look at me. You cannot be sick in this church and be by yourself. That's right. Say it again. Because there's yes, you cannot be sick and be in this church and be by yourself. That's right. Somebody's praying. That's right. Because we're in this together. That's right. Yes, we're in this together, people, and that's what the church is supposed to do. That's right. There's going to be some trials and tribulations, but you have a team behind you. Amen. You see? All right. 
goes on to say, if there's any great depth of affection and compassion, <laughs> church, here's the key. He says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. What? This morning, do we love each other? We're in the same mind. We care about each other. We start here, comes in your ear, gets in your mind, drops to your heart, gets in your spirit, and you're ready to just get excited about helping somebody. That's right. You see, it can be a little thing. We got people who, who are amazing in here who vacuum floors and clean bathrooms and, and they make sure stuff's going and will get upset if you try to move them. You see, our brother, our brother and our sister taking care of the yard, it was looking like a football field <laughs> this year. You know, uh, Jason would call me and say, Pastor, I'm going to make sure this works next year. You see? Because he wanted it to look good. Is that important? Yes, it's important. Yes. Him, him and his fiance would be out there working. I'd drive up here and they're out there just working to keep it clean. It's important. When I go by a church building, I'm seeing weeds every place and signs half hanging off and oh, stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. This ain't just a building. It is consecrated, that God has consecrated for men and women and children to worship him in. That's right. Period. That's right. Yes, so, and this, I won't call out their names, they know who they are. You all just, some people just come in and sit in there, but guess what? There's some tide payers paying tides to give us a place to be in That's so right. somebody can vacuum That's and right. do that. You see? That's right. You see? It all works together because we're a team over here. You see? That's right. And, and uh, I can't be Bray, but he's retired now. I can't be Aaron because he's done, he's all up in himself. Aaron Rodgers. So I'll just be a good pastor Fields. Amen. You see? I feel good about this. You feel good about this? Yeah. All right. Again, he says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another. What? Having the same love toward, toward one, one another. another. You're supposed to love one another. That's right. You know, somebody was telling me uh, that that church, I think, out of Topeka is out in front of some church down the street with signs. Talking about we hate fags and we hate this. Yeah, right now. Going down in the street, out doing all that. Putting hate. Where is that at? Where did Jesus ever put hate somewhere? Nowhere. And you know what I liked about Jesus? And I want the mind of Christ. You remember when they caught the woman in adultery? Because, you know, they didn't do nothing to the men. They didn't say nothing about the men. They put the woman, they're going to stone the woman, right? And then Jesus went on and done his thing, you know, wrote down, nobody knows what he wrote. Potter wrote some names of some people who were standing around there who had been with her, you, you, you see, and flee, you know, and everybody left, right? And you know what's remarkable about that story is that most people miss? He said, where are your accuser? Daughter. 
He said, where are your accusers? Daughter. Then I don't accuse you either. Immediately, Jesus had a mind of love for her and was called her daughter. Where we at? Where we at? Where we at, people? Where's all this hate at? What's going on here? Where's love? Yeah. Somebody said, what's love got to do with it? Do it? No, love's got everything to do with it. If it's the right kind of love. That's right. All right. Y'all ready? Here we go. What, what verse am I at? Also knit together in spirit. So we knit together in spirit. Isn't that great? Different colors, ethnic groups, and different type of people. We all knit together in the same spirit. That's right. All of us in the church, we knit together in the same spirit. It's wonderful. It's, well, it's a beautiful thing, as somebody said. It's wonderful. This is why I tell everybody, people, get somebody in your life that doesn't look like you. You right. see? Get somebody in your life that doesn't look like you. That's what the problem is. You can't hate somebody you don't know. That's right. That's right. Unless you're worldly. You see, it's not going to be a these and the days and this and all this up in heaven. We all going to be the same up there. That's right. We need to start here. Amen. All right. Then, Pastor, it says, intent on one purpose and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel. We want to live a life that reflects our faith, that reflects the gospel. When people, the only gospel that somebody will ever see or read is your life. That's right. That way you live will bring people to Christ. Not because they, they ain't coming here. They're not going to read the Bible. But they look at your life and look how fulfilled your life is. They look at your actions. They look at how you uh, act, your attitude. And they say, I want some of that. Where, did I, where can I find that? And then they become like you. They get into that body of Christ. That's right. Not because of what you read. Not because, excuse me, not because what, yeah, not because what they read, not because of what you told them, but what they saw in you. That's right, that's right. Okay? Do people look at your life and want to follow you? The church. Think about that. That's right. All right. Pastor, that gospel of your life is what also is called the good news regarding salvation through faith in Yes, I've got some good news. You can be saved. God loves you. Good news. Christ loves you. And then you can tell him how. You got there. The greatest thing you got is your testimony. Yes. Verse 3, we're told, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. That's it. Don't do anything selfishness or empty conceit. There are people who do things in this church you'd have no clue. They don't even want you to know. They just do it. You know, there are people who do things outside of this church to help people outside of this church. We don't talk about it. Sometimes I'll mention people's names. They don't want nobody to know about it. Because no conceit. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because it needed to be done. That's right. All right. Pastor, the Bible says we're to do these things with an attitude of humility. And so, with an attitude of humility. That's a, that's a hard thing to do. 
Get humble. You know where you came from. All of us came from somewhere. That's right. Everybody in here got a history. Amen. You see, we all got a story. That's right. Uh, I hope it was we all got it used to be. That's right. All right. It also says being neither arrogant or self-righteous. And that's one of the worst things you could have is a self-righteous spirit. If you read the prodigal son, when Jesus talks about that, he hates self-righteous. That's right. That is one of the worst sins you can have is a self-righteous spirit. You ain't died for nobody. You didn't go to Calvary. Uh-huh. Look at your hands. Ain't no thorns in your hand. That's right. You ain't wearing no crown of thorns. Your hands ain't been pierced. Your feet ain't been pierced. He done that for you. The least you can do is to get out of your self-righteous attitude and help somebody. That's right. All right? The scripture says we are to regard others as more important than ourselves. And it doesn't mean, it means it in a way is, I'm where I need to be. I'm where I need to be. It's time for me to start thinking about other folks now. You see? Okay. There ought to be people asking me if there's anything I can need to get done here. We got everything done. It's a line. But you understand what I'm saying. That's right. You see? When you go home, don't get upset. When you go home and everybody, there's, there's no football games on now. Maybe some of your basketball folks are saying, well, there's no football. What am I going to do? Help clean up. That's right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm talking about clean up. Now, you know, because some of y'all know, not straighten up, clean up. Right. They're two different things. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, use your time. Spend some time with your family. Okay. You know some people need to hold it to you. That's right. All right. You know what pastor said, Gwen. <laughs> Go for a walk. Yes. And then church, we're told, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Look out for the interests of other people. Every one of you in here, there's something that you have that somebody else needs. You know, you know one of the, what some, somebody needs today? Hey, how you doing? That's all they need is a smile. You can do that. That's right. Go to Gates. Learn what they do. Can I help you? Hi, may I help you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they do it. Hi, may I help you? That's right. Yeah. It ought to be in your household. That's right. Because. All right. But here's the key, church. Have the same attitude in yourselves which was in Christ Jesus. And that's what we got to do. To look to him as your example in selfless humility. What kind of attitude you have? Do you have the attitude that Christ Jesus had? If you ain't helping nobody, if you ain't doing nothing to spread the gospel, whether it be through your life or whatever it is, ministering, ministering means to aid another. If you ain't doing any of those things, you don't have the mind of Christ. You see? That's how it works. But guess where it's got to start? It starts with God, starts with you, in your house, and then it spreads abroad. Amen? Amen.